Welcome to Where Next, the unfiltered podcast with me, Emma Setterfield-Smith. We talk about everything from hostels to hotels, travel fines to travel failures, in the hope to show you just how easy travelling can be and prep you for your first adventure. Each week, guests and I discuss a different place with new people, new experiences and new memories. It's a casual conversation to get involved in, because even though we can't get travelling right now, it doesn't mean we can't be making plans. So sit up aspiring travellers and let's get planning. Where next? So this week we are talking all about interrailing and more specifically Europe. I'm joined by Alex and Maddie, who both travelled around Europe in 2018 when they were both finishing sick form. Interrailing is something that many people are doing as a quick and effective way to see multiple countries in a short space of time. You simply buy a train ticket that allows you access to a certain number of countries within a certain time frame. It's as easy as that. And these girls had some great tips and ideas of how to make your interrailing experience unforgettable. They went to six different places on their interrail journey. That's quite unusual for a Where Next podcast episode. So I thought it best for them to pick their top highlights from each place. In the future, I would love to do individual episodes on all of these amazing countries. However, for now, these are what they thought were the most important things for you to do on your interrail trip. So why don't you start off by telling me why you planned a trip like this, such as a, a Europe adventure, as opposed to the typical girls' holiday, such as Magaluf or Zanti, Maddie? Definitely. So I think with Maga and, you know, Zanti, I'll beat that. I feel it's a completely different experience to when you go somewhere like Europe and you're into it. We managed to have a great trip with all our friends right before uni. And we went to so many cool places that it's honestly one of the best decisions we've made so Alex obviously you went with a group of seven girls didn't you and it's quite daunting to book a trip like this so how did you guys go about it yeah it was really daunting it took like a lot of preparation and planning at the beginning so firstly we went on the interrail website where you can book passes for like you travel around the country so you pick like your countries and the amount you want to spend and then from then once we'd picked out which countries we were going to and sort of when we were arriving we'd pick our hostels from a website called Hostel World and we booked all our hostels in advance so like when we got there it was a lot easier as we were moving around to just know where we were going uh, have everything pre-planned. So Alex why don't you start by telling me about how it was and what were your first impressions of Amsterdam? So Amsterdam was the most relaxed city we went to. Amsterdam is the capital of the Netherlands and it's where Maddie and Alex started their interrail journey. It is known for its unique architecture and canal system, as well as an abundance of tourist attractions, such as the Van Gogh Museum, Cycle Paths, the Red Light District and Anne Frank's House. You can expect to find small coffee shops and beautiful parks in this relaxing city. While we were there, everyone was just so chill. It, everyone was really friendly. You've got little cosy cafes everywhere. 
everyone biking about and it was just the place to kind of relax and chill amongst all kind of the busyness of the traveling one of the in- most interesting things we did in Amsterdam was definitely going to the red light district and um, the best way I can describe it is just rows and rows of shop windows and women just beckoning you on to come in they do have red lanterns in the windows to let you know that it is a sex shop I think it's been around since the 15th century um, which is a huge contradiction bear in mind it is in the oldest part of the city you have the culture part and then you've just got you know sexual orientated shops everywhere I've never done anything like that before I've never seen anything like that before you hear so much about it but actually being in the moment it was kind of surreal um, and as well it's completely different to anything that we're used to back at home it was an odd one but I definitely recommend people to go there Another top highlight of mine was one day we woke up and we all decided to rent bikes outside our hostel. One of the places that we went to was the parks. Um, So you've got Beatrix Park, Ooster Park, and the one that I recommend the most is definitely Fondle Park. We had such a lovely day. Yeah, it was definitely a good day, but a little bit of a nightmare because that's obviously over there, their main sort of way of getting around. So there's just people on bikes everywhere. And I'm sure you can imagine seven girls trying to get around on bikes in the middle of a bustling city. It was a nightmare trying to navigate ourselves around. Definitely got shouted at a few times by the locals. One thing that sticks out to me with that as well, they had this bridge which opens up in the middle to let canal boats through. So... We sat there next to the bridge and watched the bridges open up for the canal boats, which was really cool. It was a stunning bridge as well. So it was lovely to like see that go up and down and then be able to cycle over it after. It was really cool. So many people go travelling to Amsterdam and one of the biggest things that you can do there is smoke weed due to the fact it is legal. I feel like it is one of the tourist things to do while you're over there. So I have to ask you both. Did you or? Um, I was waiting for that question. We did. We thought, you know what? We're in Amsterdam and what better place to do it than here? So what happens is you go to, quotation, a coffee shop and you're sold it there. So we did. We only got like a tiny amount and, you know, we made sure that everyone in the group was okay with it because we just wanted to all be in the right headspace before we did it. So after that, we went to one of the most beautiful parks that Amsterdam has to offer and we wanted to make sure as well that we were away from families. To tell you the truth, it didn't really affect us that much. But, you know, I'm, we're, I'm happy that we all did it and I'm happy that we were all in a good headspace to do it because it was honestly such a really nice experience and it was nice to do with my friends. After Amsterdam, Maddie and Alex caught the train to Berlin. It was such a surreal experience because we'd never been on a train between countries before. You could physically see the difference as you were travelling. It went from us being in Amsterdam to all of a sudden the architecture sort of hits you in the face. You've got concrete buildings and it just feels very like harsh, the city almost, Berlin that is. But I think that was our favourite part really, to see the differences as sort of the new city approaches and you leave the old one behind. is the capital of Germany and is home to many unique sites such as the Brandenburg Gate, Checkpoint Charlie, the Jewish Memorial and a selection of abstract bars and shops. One of the most interesting things that you can do is visit the remains of the Berlin Wall. Built in 1961 it was originally used to separate West Berlin from East Germany and it's visited now by tourists every day due to its historical significance. Since, however, it has been brightly coloured with over 105 murals from different artists from all over the world. 
as we were walking along the wall, it was like really exciting to see. And to be fair, I didn't really study history like Maddie did, so I didn't really have a background on what was going on. But obviously hearing about what had happened in the past and stuff, I just think it's amazing how something so monumental in history has now been transformed into such beautiful artwork. For example, we saw the famous piece of artwork called The Kiss, and it's on Berlin's East Side Gallery. It's essentially two male politicians kissing each other. It was really cool to see it sort of so broad in, in daylight. So yeah, we took a walk along the river. It was just a really nice place to be. One of the days was basically a write-off because it was one of of our friends' 18th birthdays and our other friend planned a huge bar crawl um, just through Berlin. That was such an amazing day. We went to so many different types of bars. We went to like an old-fashioned bar, a gay bar, like everything you could imagine type thing. And then all of a sudden, our mate who had planned it took us to this what looked like sort of old and decrepit car park and all of a sudden you come out onto this amazing rooftop bar it was absolutely stunning like bunting everywhere and it was just it just looked out over the whole city and it was absolutely beautiful it was called clunkerkranic bar from what i remember we had already done quite a lot of things in berlin that we felt you know having a bar crawl one day was well deserved one thing we definitely wanted to do and we'd all heard about it previously was the jewish memorial i think i think it's something like three thousand concrete slabs basically a memorial from the holocaust it was designed by, from what I remember, a guy called Peter Eisenman. And it was just, we went and it was such, it was so strange to be there. Yeah, just to follow on from that, it was just so eerie. And it just felt like everyone was just in their own world. No one was talking. And if anything, everyone was just paying their respects, just walking around this memorial. So you'd just been to Berlin uh, and then you carried on to Prague, didn't you? So Maddie, what was your first impressions of Prague? It was honestly such a complete contrast to Berlin because, you know, Berlin's quite harsh and quite, I don't know, a bit scary. But Prague was honestly so lovely and so welcoming. The hustle and bustle was just everything that all of us just loved so much and has got to be by far one of the best places we went to on the trip. Prague, the capital of the Czech Republic, is my favourite European city due to the stunning architecture and the selection of things to do there. Prague caters for historians, clubbers, shoppers, lovers of food and more. One of its biggest attractions, however, is Prague Castle, which was built in the 9th century and is the official office for the President of the Czech Republic. You can also take a wander along Charles Bridge, gaze at the astronomical clock or have lunch in the Old Town Square. So as Manny said, you've got the old town and the new town, which is basically based on the architecture. So the old town will have a lot older buildings. The two are separated by Charles Bridge, which is the main bridge over the River Voltava, which is the river that runs through Prague city centre. So on the bridge, you've got, it's just a really nice atmosphere. You've got artists everywhere doing sort of caricatures of people, live music from like with like saxophones and drums. And like, you've got all market stores with this stunning handmade jewellery and clothes. Obviously, having been to Prague myself, I think Charles Bridge is absolutely great. It's so stunning to walk over the river. And I always remember I got these handmade earrings from a little lady who was making them there. And I still wear those earrings most days. The views from the bridge are absolutely stunning. Like, especially at night, you've got the reflection of the lights from the buildings onto the river. And it makes for really beautiful scenery when you stood on the bridge at night. So that's 100% something that you have to do when you're in Prague because it's just so incredible. 
I remember one day we went to Prod Castle. It was so affordable to get in, especially with student discount. Within the castle, there was a cathedral called St. Peter's Cathedral, which we also went to, and it was honestly so stunning. There was just huge panes of stained glass windows and marble beams. Um, and from memory, I believe it was a burial site for several saints and archbishops. But aside from, you know, how pretty everything was, the one thing that I can't get out of my head from that day was just how ridiculously hot it was. And it was honestly so stuffy, but, you know, it didn't take away from the great day that we had and it's a huge recommendation for anyone especially because it was so cheap and affordable it was just really nice day out when you're in Prague obviously you have to go to the main city the best bit about that is the astronomical clock which is right in the center then as well you've got the hanging man which we took ages to try and find because it's it's basically it's quite small it's just a man who's hanging off the side of the building and we were walking through trying to find it for ages and then all of a sudden like after about an hour of us walking through and getting stressed we looked up and it was right above our heads because we hadn't considered the fact that we had to look up to see the hanging man you've got the old town square as well which again is sort of near the astronomical clock which is full of amazing food markets and smells and you've got bars all over the place it's really really cool so you've just done Prague so you've done three places this is your fourth place now so how are you guys feeling at this point in the trip honestly it's funny you should say that because at the point of Vienna we were all really tired we'd just done three cities and there's been a lot of traveling in between each and it was a point where we were all like we didn't really want to get up out of bed at one point Vienna I think we probably messed up a little bit because we didn't plan it very well we hadn't got an idea of what we wanted to do while we were there but like it was still a nice time it was just one of them things where we were a little bit tired and we hadn't planned it the best as we could have Vienna is the capital of Austria and has a population of 1.9 million people. Vienna is known as the city of music due to its rich musical history and being called home by many famous composers such as Beethoven and Mozart. You can visit the Schabron Palace, the Hofburg, St. Stephen's Cathedral or take a stroll up the Danube River. At sunset, we went on the Danube River and we paddleboard down there. And it was honestly just quite funny because none of us knew what we were doing or how to paddleboard. But it was just one of those moments where I think if you ask anyone on that trip, that was by far one of the best moments. Yeah, that was good, actually. And we also got the chance to see St. Stephen's Cathedral in the centre. That was absolutely beautiful. There was a standout green roof on the outside. And then as you go in, it's just amazing. It's a bit of design amazingly and the architecture is absolutely stunning it's just full of like these beams and stained glass windows so at the, at the end of the day it was a bit of like a messed up trip in terms of we didn't get to do that much but we still had a, an amazing time and I don't regret going to the city at all it was nice to sort of just be able to sit back have a chill and kind of just take things slowly sometimes on a trip you do just need a couple of days rest to rejuvenate and sometimes cities are nice to just walk around look at the streets look at the shops and the cafes and sometimes that's kind of the activity within itself really isn't it um so that was in vienna and then after that you carried on to zagreb didn't you i'd never been to croatia before it just it genuinely felt like more of a holiday destination as opposed to the cities that we had been going to but it was a really nice place to visit to be fair 
Next on the Interrail Trail was Zagreb, Croatia's capital. It is home to just over 4 million people and it's famous for its Gothic cathedral and its colourful tiled roof. There are plenty of outdoor cafes and quaint shops for you to spend your day exploring. As well as this, it's also home to a collection of museums and galleries. It actually has more museums per square foot than anywhere else in the world. One thing we did get to do was go to the Museum of Illusions, which sounds like typical Blackpool thing. It's just the usual mirrors and optical illusions within pictures. But then there'd be really cool things like someone would sit next to their table and then someone underneath it. So it looks like they didn't have a head. But that was just a really, I just remember that being a really funny part of the trip. Another highlight of Zagreb was going to a place called Lotuskak Lookout Tower, which was actually something that we did just on a whim, really, because we didn't manage to go to Lake Bled, which was a place that we originally intended to go, but we just didn't book in advance soon enough. But it was honestly, we were really happy that we did go to the Lookout Tower. It's actually the remains of an old town wall, which is really interesting. It's honestly, I think it's one of the oldest standing buildings in Zagreb, actually. And I cannot stress enough how many stairs there are. So it's not really a place you'd want to go in your flip-flops. And when you get to the top, and after doing so many stairs, it's got such a lovely lookout over Zagreb. And I can't stress enough how beautiful it was just seeing that scenery. Zagreb is definitely more of a city just to appreciate by walking around. There were a few other things that we did manage to do, like St Mark's Church, which has an amazing roof. So many different museums and things that we went to. There was also this market, I think it was Dolat Market, really nice, like loads of handmade stalls and food stalls. And it was just really, really, it was a nice feel to it because the people within Zagreb are really, really lovely people. They're just very friendly. Everyone says hi as you walk past. It will definitely always hold a special place in my heart. So you've been to five places at this point and you're at your final stop now, which was Budapest. Budapest, that's a place I feel like you do hear a lot more about. And I only hear good things, to be honest. Yes, so honestly, Budapest was a great way to end the trip and it felt so much bigger and more like a city, if anything, than Zagreb and Vienna. Um, And it was honestly just really nice to be back in the hustle and bustle of a city again. And one thing that really did stand out to me in Budapest was the Citadel Lookout, which is a really nice view of the Danube River and the Chain Bridge. However, it's quite a strenuous walk to the top, but honestly, I couldn't recommend it enough. Another place we went to in Buda was... Oh, I'm not quite sure how to pronounce it. It's the Hallas Bastia, or better known as the Fisherman's Baston. So it's one of their best-known monuments in Budapest, and it's near Buda Castle. So from what I know, it's the original walls of the castle. Uh, however, now you can walk along them, and once again, it's just amazing views of the city. It's almost like, it looks like something off a Disney film with all like, the gorgeous white walls and turrets. We also did a river cruise down the Danube River past the Hungarian Parliament buildings at night time, and it was honestly amazing to see all the buildings lit up. One thing that I found really interesting as well, which I didn't realise before going, was that the city is split into two parts. It's actually split into Buda and Pest, which was just really interesting to find out while we were out there. We also ended up doing the, like, a ruined bar kind of pub crawl, if anything, which is essentially just a bar but in a derelict building and they're just all kitted out with strobe lights playing loud music everywhere we went and it was just so many people there as well. So we wanted to end the trip on a really high note so we went to say Cheney Thermal Baths which is one of about three or four different baths within Budapest. This particular one we had heard loads about and it was a really really nice old-fashioned building with like brightly coloured yellow walls it was just amazing. We got our tickets from 
a place called Get Your Guide. I think they worked out about £20 per person. There are loads of different baths within Say Cheney and they're all different sizes and temperatures so you can you can go in all of them throughout the day depending on how you're feeling. It was just such a relaxing day, such a fun way to end the trip with everyone and an absolute must-do for Budapest. Well, that all sounds so exciting. Six places in a month. I don't quite know how you did it, to be honest. But we are at my favourite part of the show, which is Emma's top 10 travel questions, where I like to sum up the entire trip in a few short questions. So are you ready for that? Yeah, let's do it. So, Alex, if you had to say, what was your top highlight of this trip? So, my highlight would definitely be Amsterdam. It was just an amazing city. It has such a relaxed feel to it. And I think just being able to be there with all my friends and make such good memories, it was just fantastic. It would definitely be paddleboarding down the Danube River in Vienna. It was such a lovely day. I was with all my friends. And it was once-in-a-lifetime experience. And it's just not something you can do back at home. Maddie, what was your favourite part about this trip? It's got to definitely be travelling to Berlin. It was nothing like I'd ever experienced before, but I went with such an open mind thinking they were going to be quite similar. But when you get there, you realise how much history is in Berlin, such as, you know, the Jewish Memorial or the Berlin Wall. Oh, I think it'd have to be, it's just like getting on all the trains, I think. It, between each country, it's just such an experience and all the views are so different for each place you're going to. They're all stunning and it's just such a fun way to travel. Alex, what are three words that you would use to describe this trip? Oh, that's a tricky one. There'd be so many. <laughs> I'd have to say definitely variety. There were so many different places we went and all of them were so different in their own way. Memories for sure. I'll never forget the memories I've made over there. I think independence as well, because it was the first time I'd ever been away, sort of on my own away from family and stuff. It was just crazy to kind of get that sense of independence before coming to uni. Okay, um, so we're going to go firstly with culture. When you bounce to places to place in Europe, you don't realise how different everywhere is. Secondly, got to be the food, 100%. So for example, we went to a little pizzeria in Amsterdam and they had every single pizza you could ever think of in the entire world. Any topping you want, any kind of cheese, any base, anything. And it's honestly one that definitely will stick with me forever. And, you know, thirdly, I've got to agree with Alex. The memories that you make out there with your friends, they're going to stick with you for life. So, Alex, if you had to say, what made this trip so unique? Oh, well, how often do you get to say every different place is just so individual and unique and you just have different experiences at every individual place? Possibly being the first trip I'd ever been on away from my family because, you know, when you have your family, they sort everything out for you, but you really had to learn to be independent. Um, on this trip, especially when you go into so many places. Alex, given the chance, what is something that you would do differently next time? Okay, so one thing that I realised once after I'd come back, which I didn't know beforehand, was that the ATMs over there charge you to withdraw. So while we were over there, obviously got had to go to ATMs quite a lot and ended up getting charged quite a hefty amount of money just to withdraw some of my own money. So I think looking back, I would definitely have gone with a bank called Monzo, I think a lot of my friends use, which is a bank that doesn't charge you for withdrawals while you're in other countries. Honestly, I wish we just waited until we got to the city and then booked our hostel because when you book it before going there, you pigeonhole yourself slightly because then you've got to travel to the, all the good places when it could really just be on your doorstep. 
So between you both, what are five items that you would pack in your travel rucksack? Oh God, definitely a portable charger for while you're roaming around all day because the amount of times our phones died. Maddie? Plasters is definitely a must because when you're walking around all the time, you don't realise how many blisters you get and how awkward it is. I'd agree with that. And then as well, for while you're travelling on the trains and in the hostels, earphones or earbuds or anything just to cancel out the noise are a definite... A definite disposable camera, you know, because it's just nice to capture those little shots that are probably so candid that you can't really get on your phone. Biggest one as well would be a, a reusable water bottle. Alex, what is one song that reminds you of this trip? Mine would be Dancing Queen by ABBA because this one time we were in an 80s club in Prague and I just remember at one point in the night, all of us were screaming Dancing Queen at the top of our lungs. Mine would definitely have to be Anything by George Ezra just because we just blasted his entire album the entire trip. Alex, who is one interesting person that sticks in mind? <laughs> there was this guy that we met out there called Sam in Berlin, I think we originally saw him. And then we just randomly kept bumping into him in every country we went to from there. And he was just a really nice guy, we got on with him really well and we've even still got him on social media now. Maddie? It would have to be this train conductor that I unfortunately had to meet the wrath of. <laughs> so for train tickets you have to handwrite on them from from where you're going and to where you're going. I made the mistake of putting the wrong date and if you do end up putting the wrong date, they go absolutely ballistic at you. Alex, where are you hoping to travel next? My absolute dream would be Australia for all of the wildlife and the sights you can see out there. And Maddie? Such an easy question, it's got to be India for sure. So that's it, guys. Thank you so much for coming on the show. It's been so great and so interesting to listen to all the amazing things you did. Europe is definitely a place I think so many people want to travel and I'm sure that they'll have found this really, really useful. Um, so thank you so much. You're welcome. All the best. Thank you for having us. It's been lovely. So there you have it, guys. Maddie and Alex's exciting tour through Europe. It sounds like they had the best trip, six places with such amazing things to do. Don't forget as well that you can always cater your own Interrail journey to what you want it to be. For example, changing the places and how long you spend in each. Join us next time where we will be discussing another exciting place with more travel do's and don'ts. As always, aspiring travellers, stay safe and join us next time on Where Next. <laughs>